Are you looking to get your love life together? You're tired of not having the tools or community you need to navigate these dating and relationship streets. Well, honey, let's take some accountability, do our work and be in the place to reap all the benefits. I invite you to become a Love Lady member and officially join the Match Mary Mate community. You can choose your specific dating and relationship package to work with me. You'll have access to digital resources, video trainings, coaching content, course materials, and even the opportunity to live stream with me with certain packages. If this sounds like something you want, be sure to join today because I'd love to have you. Visit coachjoyce.com to get started. I want to see your face in the play. Greetings, love bugs. Welcome to another episode of the Match Mary Mate Show, where I discuss topics and issues to support Black women with self-love, femininity and womanhood, and their own personal love lives. Now, I also share content meaningful to Black couples, partnered or married, and every blue moon I address the fellas. I'm your host, your girl, Joyce Robinson Myers, and we're continuing our short series titled In My Fields to get us through the fall. We started the series with cuffing season, and then we talked about physical touch, and today's episode is all about intimacy. Of course, today's show is for Black women, like always, but there are some things for couples and men today, too. Remember, you can expect these episodes while we are in between seasons, so I can drop in and keep you updated on all things match Mary mate. But first, let's begin with the power of affirmation. We start every episode with an affirmation as a way to center self, listen to the body, and honor our spirit. Ask yourself, how are you today? What moods, feelings, or emotions come up? Use that energy to speak life, wholeness, and healing over yourself using the power of your own voice. Speak it into existence with an I or I feel. I feel a sense of belonging. I feel alive when I connect with my community. I feel the spirit that calls me toward intimacy. Today is the day to discuss intimacy. So I want to discuss this book titled The Spirit of Intimacy and in that introduce you to Sombofu Some, who is an ancestor now. I also want to talk about the common types of intimacy and basic relationship skills that will help you to create, cultivate, or boost intimacy. And in that, I am going to emphasize respect. Now, Some was a Burkina Bay teacher, writer, and spiritualist who offered her wisdom on family, 
relationships, including marriage, and community. Her book, The Spirit of Intimacy, is one of my favorite reads, and it is really impactful for me in killing the noise about Black men, Black women, and the state of our affairs, and all that other jazz that people make up for content on the internet. She's always a quiet center that regrounds me in the complementary notion of male and female, feminine and masculine. In the face of such gender wars today, I think it's important to remind ourselves that men need women and women need men, no matter what society or podcast penis people or social media sisters say. As you know, I want to aid in the healing of gender relations between Black women and Black men because I'm learning through my coaching practice that when we have the proper education, including instruction, application, and community support, it produces safer, happier, and smarter dating decisions that improve the quality of our relationships as we enter the dating market to match, marry, and mate. It is my hope that today's conversation reiterates how valuable we are to each other and encourages you to foster connection, cultivate intimacy, and create community. Because why y'all? Black love matters. And we are in much need of some Black family power restoration. Intimacy starts with human connection. And in my world of educational psychology, we are seeing more and more students arrive in the learning space with no background knowledge, making it very difficult for educators and even other students to teach and learn on skills that would build on top of each other. The main reason this is happening is because children are not being conversed with, communicated to, or connected with by their own parents and caretakers. We are allowing social media to go a little too far with occupation and entertainment, that we're not even speaking to each other, y'all, not in any real or meaningful or quality way. And it's not just children and their parents. Adults are guilty too. I cannot stress how important it is to actually talk with each other, have a conversation, be curious, exchange thoughts and ideas, and make connections. If there are children in your life, please engage them, as they will only grow up and be void of basic people, relationship, and communication skills that are necessary to create connections with others if we don't. Now, as an adult, engagement is important for you too. We are so void of fundamental skills for connection and relationship in this digital age. Now, I'm not suggesting that we take a step back into time, but I am saying that we must remember we are social beings. We're not isolated beings. No man is an island, to quote a cliche. Or even social media beings. We're not that either, y'all. We're just social beings. 
so much of who you are and who others are and how relationships work lie in everyday conversation with your loved ones and other people. And yes, that even includes strangers. As a person of African descent, I love me a good lyrical conversation. And I see this style of communication present across the Black community in America because it's just in our blood, as they say. Somme includes this style in her book. In fact, in her foreword, two of her colleagues inform us readers that a lyrical conversation caused us to wind along, dip deeply, and circle back again. That's the kind of conversation I want us to have today, a lyrical one. In my coaching practice, there's lots of history, trauma, and desire accepting to be had before we can truly dive into intimacy. But once we get there, one of my questions to my clients is, how do you like to feel close to a man first? If you're a man listening, how do you like to feel close to a woman first? As I go through the types of intimacy today, I want you to keep that question top of mind and see if you can answer it with one of the main types of intimacy that resonates the most with you. My answer to this question would be spiritual intimacy. I'm drawn to spiritual intimacy the most for a host of reasons, but one of them is my understanding that there is another separate energy that's involved in the magical connection of two beings. You can call it whatever you like. Some will spiritualize it and say God. Some will culturalize it and say ancestors. Others intellectualize it and say somehow they just knew And some of us will emotionalize it and say, we just had a feeling and on and on. Call it what you want. But for this episode, I'm going to call it spirit. And that simply means that there is an energy, a force that either supports human bonding or lives within it once it sparks, or maybe even both. If you do not believe that there is some energy outside of the two people coming together or a group of people belonging together, then this episode probably isn't for you. But for the rest of us, let's carry on. I want to start with a dictionary definition and also a cultural definition. Now, understanding the cultural definition is more aligned with the Dagara people as Somme has explained to us in her book, which this is not my home culture, by the way. I just love her work and choose to honor her and her people when I share it. So for our dictionary definition, I have two. Intimacy is a feeling of closeness and connection in an interpersonal relationship. Or intimacy is the state of having a close personal, or romantic relationship with someone. We understand intimacy happens inside of a relationship with that definition, that a connection is involved and that we feel close to the person. And it is personal or romantic, but not always. I would add familial as well. So May's definition is 
A song of spirit inviting two people to come and share their spirit together. This makes me think of fire, where spirit is the blue flame. And I have my own light and heat, as does the other person. In my example, I'm going to use my husband. So Jeremiah has his own light and heat too. Our flames exist because of the more ancient blue flame, and perhaps our flames come together and create more light because of the ancient blue flame too. However you spin it, my flame, neither Jeremiah's flame, exists without the ancient blue flame. And because of that, we need to understand that blue flame to understand our own both our individual flames and our together flame. Just like intimacy, fire creates light and warmth. And it is so powerful that it can relight a flame to a source that has blown dark. Somme says the role of spirit in our relationships is to be the driver to monitor our relationships for the good. And that the purpose, and I really want you to hear this purpose, is to help us be better people, to bind us in such a way that we maintain our connection, not only with ourselves, but also with the great beyond. I often tell my clients that they must consider their desires, wants, and needs when it comes to forming relationships especially romantic ones. Interestingly, many of them leave off that needs part, but this is crucial. You need to know the type of person that you need so you can grow and evolve in that relationship or marriage. Just recently, I hosted a community call for the Match Mary Make course, and one of my clients said, After module four, I'm really starting to get a sense of what I need and the caliber of man who can best align with that. You know, and when my clients say things like that, I just want to be Patti LaBelle and throw a shoe because I love when they say things to me that confirm the entire point of why I said something, taught something, created something, what have you. So don't forget this needs part. Lots of what you need, you will not like, (laughs) as it will create a level of discomfort for you in the direction of you being a better person. If you're in a relationship or marriage, this is a good exercise for you too. So check in with each other and ask, how do I make you better? Or what part of me do you rely on for you to be different or better than who you were before me? One of my favorite things that my husband says about our connection is that he liked who he was with me. It felt easy and safe and good. And I love to hear him say that. He still says it. So for me, I would describe my husband as a mostly king magician, if you're familiar with masculine archetypes. And if not, don't worry, I'll be discussing them in a separate episode coming soon. Now, there is a side of warrior when necessary and a side of lover when inspired, but largely speaking, king magician. Men who have dominant kingly archetypes are not always easy men to relate to. And that's not a ding. It's the nature of that kind of personality. 
They are usually critical, having an attention to detail that would drive a regular person mad. They are sticklers, leaving very little room for grace. And they are anal, usually overemphasizing or overfixated on something they care a lot about, but others seldom do. Needless to say, it takes a special kind of woman to pair with this. Yes, to balance that man out, because a masculine type cannot always operate in his king archetype, but also to compliment him. And in doing so, it improves that female partner, or in this example, I improve myself. Now, even though these are not always my favorite traits to face with my husband, at times his kingly nature has made me better. He is not afraid to call me out, challenge me, or tell me I can do more or need to do less. I knew a kingly dominant man, despite some of its frictions, was what I needed. If I were to make a choice of partner based solely on my desires or wants, I would choose a magician man, and Lord knows I have before. And while they fill my cup in one way, they do not better me or advance me. Not in the type of way that I need. So I would certainly say that my husband's kingly nature is what helps me see myself in ways I wouldn't be able to without it. It causes me to be somewhat anxious at times, but more so, it causes me to be self-aware in ways I did not know could even exist without him. So if you're dating, I want you to consider what you need and the type of partner who would best be fit for you in that regard. It's okay if you do not have an answer right now. You'll come to answer it now that I've raised your consciousness to it. I want to insert here that spending time in nature and creating rituals are huge factors to cultivating intimacy. And in this autumn season, nature and ritual are very fitting. So consider how enjoying fall scenes in nature and creating rituals for yourself or for others can help you out here. At Match Mary Mate, we just kicked off our Cozy Girl Fall Challenge, and one of our items on the wish list is to create a ritual. So if you're joining us, this is a good time to consider how you will fulfill that too. One of the most longed-for feelings as it relates to intimacy is that when two spirits come together, it creates a new spirit. I like to call this a third space. There is you, and there is your partner, and then there is you and your partner, a third space. In this space, you create belonging in all that it comes with, and it is exclusive, belonging to just the people you say or not, Somme says you can call it the spirit of the relationship or the spirit of intimacy. I like them both. This spirit of intimacy, she says, serves as the barometer of the relationship and it must be nurtured and kept alive. So just like fire again, once the flame ignites, it has to be maintained and tended. If that flame dies, so does the light and heat. Likewise, if that spirit of intimacy dies, then the relationship dies with it too. I want you to reflect on what you think needs to be true to keep that spirit, that third space alive. 
start jotting a list for yourself. Somay would certainly have rituals on her list, and I agree with her. Rituals are done in a relationship or in a community or a family with respect to that spirit of intimacy. If you include rituals on your list, consider what you would initiate or maintain in your relationship. For Jeremiah and I, we have several, but our annual relationship retreat is high on the list. For my wife friends here in the district, we reconnect every month choosing a new restaurant or activity to do together. These rituals are bonding agents. We know to expect them. And when we come together, we reconnect and we add more fuel to our shared fire to keep our flames alive. Intimacy is hard to maintain without community. Hence, my wife friends and other couple friends. And I'm saying wife friends, W-I-F-E. Now, Somme says that when you do not have community, you are not listened to. Hmm. Sit with that for a spell. When you do not have community, you are not listened to. You don't have a place you can go to and feel like you really belong. My goodness, truer words have not been spoken. In today's society, we are intimacy-starved, connection-starved, and even touched-starved, as I spoke about in a previous episode. We have to find ways to restore community and intimacy and quality in our relationships with each other. Sister among their sisterhood, brothers among their brotherhood, and brothers and sisters is family. Perhaps more importantly, Somay teaches us that the absence of true community leaves a couple totally responsible for themselves and anything else around them. It narrows down their ways of getting their needs met. So that relationship becomes their community. And y'all, now we're starting to get into a danger zone when it comes to intimate relationships. In fact, Somay would say, that it is very strange to regard two people as community. Now, I'm all for emotional intelligence and availability, but sometimes I'm concerned that we demand it because we believe that our intimate partners are supposed to be the only source of our emotional needs being met. And that's just too much to place on any one person or any single relationship. When you do not have a community of friends, and family involved in the relationship, it causes you to base all of your intimate expectations on your relationship or marriage, so may warns. Now, of course, you have to maintain a level of privacy, and you should, but too much privacy, in other words, not space for you to connect and belong and get your needs met elsewhere too, it tends to kill relationships at least the spirit of intimacy in it. Now I want to insert right here that season three is coming and there's an episode where one of my clients and guests speak a little bit more about this. So keep your ear attuned for it. Now I am not in the camp of my husband is my best friend. That won't be any messaging that you hear from me. Do we have a friendship? Yes. Are we friends? Yes. Are we friendly? Absolutely. But I would not say he is my best friend and he would not say that about me either. 
So I want to quote something directly from the book. Somme said, without help from people of the same gender, it's pretty hard to maintain a balance in your relationship. And this is why I advocate for women to be amongst women and men to be among men in certain spaces and places. A woman should not expect her husband to take the place of her woman friends and to care for her in the same way. Similarly, a man should not expect his wife to take the place of his male friends. Being a woman does not mean you have nothing to do with masculine energy. Similarly, being a man does not mean you have nothing to do with the feminine. Vaginas and penises are not the only things that define our sexual nature. Our lives are influenced by the presence within us of both feminine and masculine energies. It is important that these energies maintain harmony within us. Harmony is maintained by women sitting with women, men sitting with men in certain spaces, and then together, we come together to have an exchange. And you'll hear more of what that exchange looks like when I drop the ending episode quote. For now, love bugs, I'm going to transition from The Spirit of Intimacy by Somay, put that down a bit, and continue with the types of intimacy and basic relationship skills to help you create intimacy as you date, enter relationships, and choose partners just when I come back from this break. See you soon. Are you looking to get your love life together? You're tired of not having the tools or community you need to navigate these dating and relationship streets. Well, honey, let's take some accountability, do our work and be in the place to reap all the benefits. I invite you to become a Love Lady member and officially join the Match Mary Mate community. You can choose your specific dating and relationship package to work with me. You'll have access to digital resources, video trainings, coaching content, course materials, and even the opportunity to live stream with me with certain packages. If this sounds like something you want, be sure to join today because I'd love to have you. Visit coachjoyce.com to get started. I want to see your face in the play. Do you have a private or sensitive dating and relationship issue you want to chat with me about? Sometimes we all need a little TLC and one-on-one and I'm here for it. Here's what you want to do. Visit matchmarrymate.com. Click work with me and book your individual call. I cannot wait to meet you in the Zoom room, honey. Now let's get back to the show. Being intimate with someone is allowing yourself to be seen and to see openly in return. The human experience is complex and a true human connection must be authentic. I don't know how much... I have to stress authenticity in my coaching practice. It's like people want to have connection, but don't want to give of themselves. And it just doesn't work that way, you all. Authenticity, right? So the center of human relational desires is to be seen, right? And to be cheesy into me, I see intimacy. And we want to be seen as the complex and authentic beings that we are, which means you got to be authentic. 
to be seen authentically. Intimacy is not just reserved for romantic relationships, right? You heard me talk about couple friends in this episode and in previous ones, or my wife, W-I-F-E, friends. So it's not reserved for just romantic relationships. But in them, they serve a container for mutual exploration of the innermost. If you're dating and want to work on your intimacy muscles, start with your friends and your loved ones, right? If you are a woman, start creating a community of women. If you already have it, make sure you're tapping into it. Same with my fellas. If you're in a relationship, of course, you can build your intimacy muscle with your partner, right? But we all have work to do. To explore the innermost or the depths, the romantic partnership must be built on a foundation of mutual respect and trust. This is what intimacy is about. Women would largely say, I want to feel safe. Men would largely say they want to feel respected. Either way, the foundation, respect, and trust. This is what intimacy is about. And women are saying, I want to feel safe. That's just another way of saying, I I want to be able to trust him and not look or feel silly, right? So it is a practice. Intimacy is a practice, meaning there is an art and a skill here of peeling away external layers of who you are to get to the heart of what you think, feel, and experience. In fact, the Latin word intimus actually means intermost or innermore or the deepest. Now, in my work, I have lots of women who desire a relationship and they want a man, but there are issues with the natural respect of men as people and a basic trust that can be afforded to just about anyone who hasn't done anything to you. Now, I'm thinking about a particular client who will tell you today that her track record with trusting men was spotty, so respecting them was almost non-existent. I've even had to introduce some clients to this word called misandry, and misandry is like the dislike of, sometimes the hatred of men. You know, some definitions will say the contempt or the ingrained prejudice, but either way, misandry are these negative feelings against boys or slash men. In my case, it's usually men, though, not boys. And so if that's a new concept to you, I encourage you to look that up and explore more, but really check your heart here. Now, today that client is in a committed relationship, but we had to spend about eight months together simply working on basic and mutual respect and trust as she dated, um, and that includes her partner today, and connected with men. Now, another client also comes to mind where it is less about her general respect and trust for her partner, but more about what she was doing. She was doing things in the relationship that would make him respond in ways that would directly cause her to lose respect for him. And I had to flag that behavior for her and say, listen, if you do this, he's going to do that. And when he does, slowly but surely, you'll lose respect for him. And once that's gone, especially for Black women, with Black men in particular, it's usually too damaging to get back or it takes lots and lots of work to do so. So to be intimate, there's also a level of mindfulness. 
right? This open, non-judgmental attention that evokes feelings and increased feelings of presence, patience, compassion, and acceptance. All of what we need to feel safe to share. Now, if you're the Googling type, you can Google types of intimacy and a number of hits will generate that discuss the four, the five, the 11, whatever number, types of intimacy. I fancy the five types of intimacy and it's usually the first hit on a Google search. So before I list them out, I wanna give you a quick exercise as you listen. There will be one word in common for each type of intimacy. As you listen, see if you can identify which word that is. I'll tell you what it is later, but just tune your ear for now if you're able. Number one, physical intimacy created through access to touch. Remember last episode? Um, and this touches in any way, not just sexually, but it requires safety and comfort in relationships and marriages. But for some, it could also require security. Physical intimacy needs your respect, authenticity, openness, and kindness to thrive. Number two, emotional intimacy, created through access to connect to who you are apart from your physical body. So all the intangibles, as I like to call it, or all of the leaves, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, etc., this is your mentalism, your experiences, your psychology, your emotions and moods and feelings, and even your spirit, though that one will come up a little later. Emotional intimacy needs your vulnerability, your honesty, your transparency, and respect to thrive. Number three, intellectual intimacy created through curiosity and conversation where you can access each other's minds to discuss various topics outside of the day-to-day, -day, right? We're talking about sharing your ideas and your views and be open to different experiences, be open even to your differences. Intellectual intimacy needs mutual value and respect to thrive. Number four, social intimacy, created by sharing interests and spending time together as a couple alone, and with other couples together. Social intimacy needs attention, presence, effort, and consistency to thrive. And number five, last but not least, spiritual intimacy. Now this one is like all oh, the intimacies had a baby, but especially emotional and intellectual. These things start to overlap as you see. Spirituality is a combination of intellectualism and intuition, so your emotions. Um, it's fact and faith, right? So it reasons that those two would take the lead here. It includes your thoughts and feelings, but also as your beliefs and worldviews. It can include religion and or spirituality, but the crux is your moral compass, your integrity, your code. And what I like for my clients to do here is ask questions about how does the potential partner view life and death? Spirituality is the idea that something extends beyond you, right? And takes you on this search for the meaning in and of life. So spiritual intimacy needs complementation, 
there goes that masculine and feminine. It needs respect and trust to thrive. Now, I have two questions for you, and I am going to split my first question across singles and couples. So if you're dating, here we go again. How do you like to feel closest to a potential partner first? If you're in a relationship or married, when do you feel the closest to your partner? Answer using your leading type of intimacy if you can. See if you can discover something new about yourself or your relationship here. Second question, what was the most consistent or common word you heard in each type of intimacy? Do you remember? Could you keep up? It was respect. Respect is so important. Now, when I say respect, I'm not talking about the kind where men have historically demanded it without any real earning, you know, the kind that they want just because they were born with the penis. Not that. I'm talking about a natural and necessary baseline of respect, listening to one another, valuing each other's opinions, and listening in a non judgmental manner. While there is a basic level of respect for humanity, aside from that, men and women usually desire respect in different expressions of this virtue. For example, while I do respect my husband's body, he's never once said, it's important to me that you respect my body. Neither does he navigate our marriage in a way that ensures his bodily protection, at least not from me. That doesn't mean that he's not due body respect or that he does not want it. It just does not usually express itself that way with him or really in general with men. Likewise, while my husband respects what I do for a living and the money I earn, I've never once said to him, it's important to me that you respect how my money is spent. You better believe, though, that I certainly have been clear in my desire for my body to be respected and that he's been super clear in how he wants his earnings and overall provision for our household and family to be respected. And that's just a simple explanation as to how the need to be respected by your partner can express differently through the gender identity and roles that men and women own. Respect is the glue. If it has not been earned yet or some relationship event is happening or has happened that's damaging healthy respect, intimacy will be quick to exit stage left. So if you're dating, I seek to coach you where you are both respectful and respected. If you are in a relationship, I seek to coach you where that respect can begin to translate into a deeper level of intimacy. In my work, usually there's an escalating scale of respect to trust to intimacy. It's hard to be intimate with someone you do not trust or to trust someone you do not respect. But it's also difficult to move to respect and trust without honesty and accountability. And that's hard to do without open, effective communication. And that is hard to pull off without negotiation and equity. You can see how intertwined it can all become. These things are separate, but they live together in one relationship or marriage. We like to create social debates about what's more important in a relationship, right? Is it love, respect, trust, communication, etc.? But my research interests and work concerns itself less about what's more important because it's too subjective to speak for larger groups, but about what's more necessary 
Not to say that one virtue is more necessary than the other, but to suggest that you must start somewhere, usually at ground zero or at level one, when you're first meeting or connecting with someone. And that location requires respect. Not only is it more necessary, so to speak, it's the one thing that can both be reasonably given and expected from hello. All the others have to be worked up to in some way or another. But respect is the one that walks out the door first. We're looking for healthy respect, though, right? Actually, we want healthy relationships. So if you Google characteristics of a healthy relationship, you're going to get lots of hits that all have a different count. Nine healthy characteristics, 14, and I think there's one even up to 50, y'all. But in all of them, when they define what a healthy relationship is, you better believe respect is in the leading line. Now, if you're a note taker, I'm going to list nine characteristics of a healthy relationship that are usually the most popular, the most stated, and in my work, even the most cited. And I want you to notice how love is not on the list. Now, I'm not advocating for lovelessness, but I am saying that when it comes to healthy relationships, love does not rank top at the list. There are so many other skills because love is not a relationship skill. It's a human emotion. So many relationship skills to learn before you fall in love that will make the experience so much better if you have them. Now, in fact, people fall in love all the time and still cannot hold a relationship together because they lack basic, fundamental relationship and people skills. So the list of nine, one, respect, two, trust and support, three, intimacy, four, honesty and accountability, five, open communication, six, negotiation and equity. Sometimes you'll see fairness, but I like equity more. Number seven, shared responsibility. Number eight, physical affection. And number nine, economic partnership. When it comes to emotional and spiritual intimacy specifically, respect also involves attempting to understand and affirm the other's emotions. So for this episode, I want to be clear about respect being that pathway to greater levels of intimacy. We got that. An attachment to this is conflict. Intimacy increases when conflict is experienced and resolved. And you got to continue to respect each other in that space. This is where lots of people begin to disrespect each other at the onset of conflict, and then intimacy begins to wane. I also want you to hear how vital emotional and spiritual intimacy are to the sense of togetherness that many of us like to feel, that sense of belongingness and togetherness, especially us women. Now, men are different here because the way that they are wired doesn't require them to feel in order to do. And yes, men have feelings and they respond to them, but men think to do, not feel. They are better at operating with and tinkering on things. Women, on the other hand, we're wired to feel in order to do. We process our world through feelings and emotions and are better at communicating with and considering human beings. So that sense of togetherness is real for both parties. Yes, men have a desire for it. Um, Women are more aware and attuned to the lack of it. 
or the loss of it, this depth of togetherness, because it's connected to emotional and spiritual intimacy. There are no shortcuts with people work or with relationships. So we all have skills to learn. We all have things to do and ways to connect. Now, of course, you have to have a decent partner to work on said skills in certain ways. But even as a single person, you can start working on some of them now. Now, for those of you who are in relationships or marriages, you can start developing or deepening your skills with your partners and spouses. I'm going to turn the mic over to three ladies who shared with me how learning about intimacy improved their relationship or gave them a new way to think about dating and relationships altogether. The first is Mary, and she's going to comment on inexperience versus immaturity in a young marriage, including her patience and reciprocity. The second lady is dating, and they're working on some repair work to advance their relationship to the next level. She's going to comment about her mindset shift particularly on not having an attitude or best positioning herself to receive what it is that she wants from that man. And then third, our third lady, she's happily dating and she's going to share about her spiritual work since she now understands that spiritual intimacy is the highest of them for her. It definitely helps me knowing that One, he's a man who wants what's best for me and for us. And he's not like being petty or malicious or anything. He just hasn't had that opportunity. This is the first time that this has happened to him and he's had to show up in a certain type of way. And I think, you know, I've come and I've shared before uh, things that our relationship enjoys. You know, you've said like, Oh, all we got to do is tell him because he's going to show up once you bring it to his attention. And so knowing that I don't have to worry that um, it's not going to happen. He just it just hasn't he doesn't have the experience in it. And him and I, we actually talked about this. And I was like, well, you know, you're inexperienced. And and that's okay. Like I, I can I can just let you know, like, hey, this is what. I would expect. And he was like, it sounds like you're saying I'm immature. And I was like, no, babe, that's not it. Because you just haven't had the opportunity to show up this way. And so, yeah, he just hasn't had the opportunity. But now that he has that experience, and you have to live the life to have the experience. And so now that he's, you know, we are all whole three months in. Um, so <laughs> Three months. I think it's like three months, three days. But who's counting? Who's um, counting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just knowing that, okay, well, I've done this before for nine years. And if it's a monthly thing, you know, it's however many months. If it's a daily thing, how many right. days? You know, and he hasn't had that experience. And I have to check myself on my expectations. Right. It's like, Girl, you pick this man. No, he ain't never been married. Knowing that there's just some stuff he's not going to know. He's not going to recognize. And, you know, meeting him where he is to be like, oh, well, this is actually what I was expecting or hoping for or desiring. And, you know, luckily picking the man that I picked. He was like, oh, okay. You know, let me <laughs> let me fix it. Let me get it right. Because so, how he's supposed to know how to husband? 
Yes. You know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. I, I think you bring up something good. Um, yes, we do preparation. And y'all, I love Rashad and um, Shanice because they really took serious. You know how y'all like to plan for weddings? <laughs> These people <laughs> plan for marriage. Right. <laughs> they were like, um, the details of the wedding, we gonna get to that. Like we can do that in, in two months. We can do that in two minutes if we have to. But this two marriage, weeks to no. be exact. It was two weeks. <laughs> like you want to do it in two weeks? Like okay. <laughs> but this marriage though, like I really respect yeah. that. I, I wish more people were more marriage minded than wedding um, focused. I really had to, I guess, almost coach myself at times um, before I would go be with this person, um, to talk to them, even when things, you know, were still kind of rocky and saying stuff like, um, you know how your mom would tell you before you would go into the store with her, like, don't touch nothing, don't ask for nothing, like that kind of tone and coaching myself is that I was telling myself, girl, don't you go in here arguing, don't start no arguing, (laughs) like chill on the attitude. Like, because that's not positioning myself really now that I'm thinking about it to receive what it is that I want from him in the first place. I feel like it was so much more that you had my mind from that, but I think that was the gist of what I was saying. I like that. It's kind of like you reparented yourself, but like yeah. in a relationship, like giving yourself the voice of the mom, but talking back to yourself like, listen, now don't you go in here <laughs> acting a fool because you're literally not going to get what you want now you could go into the space and still not get it but you darn sure not gonna get it right you know cutting up and just creating emotional hostile places self-awareness and growth is a beautiful thing and through like the matchmaking course and you know the cohorts we've been having there's been a lot of growth and it feels great um But for me, there came a point in time where there was exponential self and inner growth taking place. And while that was happening, there were a lot of external factors, um, external things in my life happening that were not in alignment with my inner work, my self-work and my exponential growth that was taking place. And what I didn't realize was that was starting to wreak havoc on my body and not just wreak havoc on my physical body, but also my mental and my spiritual alignment. So because the inner growth was happening so quickly and so rapidly, which was, I thought it was great, I was excited, but then these external things were also going on what started to take place was um, there was a lot of physical stress on my body, which then hit on like some of the, um, you know, affirmations and, you know, how I would talk to myself, et cetera. And then in addition to that, what began to happen was that could then potentially hit on self-esteem. And as being someone who closely relates to men, uh, spiritually like that's one of my things it's how i feel close to a man if i'm misaligned in my spiritual mental physical etc then i will not be in a healthy place to then relate to 
a man. <laughs> and I saw how that could potentially um, start to happen. So, you know, thankfully to Coach Joyce's point, like there's community and there are women in the Matchmade Mate program to, to chat with. And as you're going through um, growth, there are principles that um, I know Coach Joyce, you laid out to follow and how to go back to aligning yourself spiritually so then you can show up not only just for yourself and continue to experience that exponential growth but then also relate to um the man or the men that um that you're dating and you can also keep your femininity and your your womanliness um as well so that was definitely a wake-up call i hope you can hear the value of community but i also hope you notice that while intimacy is something that we all want We do have to work at it. And we are so much better at it with the community who can correct, cheer, comfort, and challenge us to be our best selves and our best selves in relationships. All right now, that's it and that's all. We end every episode with thoughts or heart-provoking questions for your journal. Journaling is simply prayers on paper, and the most high tends to those two. Dear listener, what is intimacy to you? Which form of intimacy best resonates with you and why? How do you create connection and community with others? It's okay to write about the blessings and the burdens. Pour it out into your journal today. Release yourself. Free yourself, and most of all, be yourself. P.S. No woman is better at being you than you. Up next in our round two pop-up episode series is a discussion about masculine archetypes. I want to introduce them to you and have you consider the best type for yourself. For now, I leave you with my favorite quote. From Somme herself, women and men live their own mysteries, and neither gender will ever fully grasp the other. The model of the village is there not to encourage sexism or make men and women the same, but to create an environment in which both genders appreciate and honor the other. Thank you for joining me today and tuning into another episode of the Match Mary Mate Show. Until our next time together, love, light, and relationship. Remember, we grow as we go, and I'll be with you in the next episode. Cheers. Hey, love bugs. We are moving from Monday night to Tuesday night. Did you know that I offer free coaching now every Tuesday on the Match Merry Mate Clubhouse stage? Have a topic you want to discuss or a question you want to ask me? Maybe you want to pick my brain a little? Meet me on the stage and we will unpack it together. I'm there every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Hope to hear from you soon.